Hello, my name is Dylan Arvella and welcome to Away From The Pitch. We've reached episode 11 and joining me today is South Coast Flame goalkeeper and captain Matt White, affectionately known as Whitey. Thanks for coming on. No worries, Dylan. Thanks for having me, mate. We're using a different piece of software for this episode, so there's a chance it may sound a bit different. So I'm just putting that notice at the start, but we'll, we'll get straight to it. Matt, you're a Shellhaven lad. Who did you play for growing up and what are some of your early memories of playing football? Uh, my earliest memory, I guess, was uh, watching my old man play football down here. Mm. Uh, he played for Shellhaven City when I was younger. Yeah, uh, and then um, when I was four years old, I went down to the local football club, which is uh, Shalavan Head Sharks, and joined up and uh, played there for uh, six years till I was yeah, ten, and then I played the rest of my junior career with uh, Southern Branch. Uh, so I played there till I was sixteen. Okay, so that of course they've got a they don't have a senior men's side. I think they've got the senior women's side. But um, so you were in the junior representative system. But before your senior career really kicked off, a life changing event occurred when you were diagnosed with leukemia that must have been a traumatic experience but thankfully you pushed through after three years of treatment yeah um so was, you know loving my football um you know playing in the new south wales team and uh being out to the ais and whatnot mm. uh, so yeah uh, football was going well and then uh, a week after my 17th birthday uh, i went and got some blood tests and um yeah, uh, shock of my life, come back and uh, I had leukaemia. So the next uh, 12 or so months, I was in Wollongong Hospital full time. Um, there were some weeks there, you know, I couldn't even see family because the risk of infection and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, 12 weeks, uh, 12 months, sorry, of chemotherapy and a few other treatments. Um, yeah. I sort of recovered and was allowed to go home and for the next oh, year and a half after that, I was on chemotherapy, um, you know, through a tablet form. Um, but I went back to playing football while I was still taking the chemotherapy and just back at the Shellhaven uh, amateur um, side of things. And, yeah, it was a, it was a life-changing event. But, uh, you know, I'm still here and it just made me stronger, I think. Must like obviously, I'd imagine I've never, thankfully, I've never had a a close relative deal with leukemia or cancer, to be honest. But you're you're going from being a, a fit and active teenager, playing at a, a high representative level of of the game. It must have taken a bit of a massive emotional toll obviously you had you know probably bigger bigger concerns but just it would have really been a hard mental battle as well yeah I think um you know playing football all my life um sort of prepared me for that battle to you know to be mentally tough um you know we all know you need to be mentally tough as well as you know have that um physical side of thing in football but yeah, it was definitely a kick in the gut. So, you know, I just turned 17 and uh, supposed to get your pee plates and, you know, start partying with mates. And here I am sitting up in a hospital bed while all my mates are doing doing the normal sort of stuff. Um, but, yeah, you know, these things happen and 
and um, lucky enough I got through it. There's uh, definitely people out there that weren't so, uh, that haven't been as lucky as I have. Yeah, I think that's a that's the appropriate uh, viewpoint to have. But you did say that you started, you resumed playing at an amateur level down in the Shellhaven while you're still getting some form of treatment. How how long did it take for you to get feel? I don't know, perhaps fully fit again. Uh, it took a good twelve months for me to start feeling. You know, I guess back up to. Uh, I wouldn't say 100% to what I was, but um, close to took at least 12 months because, um, you know, I was in hospital for that 12 months or my muscle had, had just sort of have gone. And um, I think I left hospital just over 60 kilos, so there wasn't mm. much of me back then. And uh, it took a while to get back to my, you know, my physical fitness back up. But, yeah, it took, yeah, 12 months. And so you would you spent just one or two years playing in the Shellhaven competition, it seems? Yeah, I stayed down here for two years. Um, I uh, managed to win a premiership my first year back uh, with the Shellhaven Sharks and uh, we made it to the grand final and um, two days before our grand final, I broke my thumb. And, uh, as we know, I'm a goalkeeper and I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> play. Um, so, you know, it just, it sort of was another kick in the, kick in the gut, so to speak, but, mm. um, yeah, it was, a, it was great playing back with some old mates that I grew up with and, um, just to have that opportunity, you know, I'm very grateful for. But then in 2012, you decided to move or not move because I still, you still live down in the, in the Shellhaven, but you decided to come and play at Illawarra Premier League club, Wollongong United, where you spent three seasons at the club, where I'm pretty sure you were mainly in youth grade and the backup keeper for first grade, but I believe you also featured in the Burt Berman Cup as well. Yeah, so I, um, you know, finished high school down here and and whatever, and um, then moved up to Wollongong uh, for university. Okay, yep. Um, And... I was looking for a club and uh, I think it was Ollie that I, uh, the first grade coach over there at the moment, I got hold of him via email or something and he said, yeah, come over for a trial. And um, Daniel Schwartz was the first grade yeah. goalkeeper over there at that time and uh, yeah. I knew I had no chance against him <laughs> at, that at that moment. So, yeah, I started there with youth grade and um, played most of my time there with youth grade and we managed to win two grand finals there. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I really enjoyed my time over at Wollongong United. What were your first thoughts of the setup of the Illawarra comp compared to the Shellhaven setup? Oh, it's completely different. Um, you know, there's some very talented players in that um, league up there in the Illawarra. Um, and, you know, I had the, had the privilege to play with some of them players. Um, so it was a big step up. It was definitely something I had to get used to again, yeah. uh, playing at that level. Um, but I, f- I felt like I sort of stepped back in uh, relatively well and, um, and quickly. So um, as much as it was a change from the league down here, uh, I felt ready for it. And, um, yeah, I got two grand finals with them. And, uh, yeah, the rest is history, really. 
So those three years seem to align exactly with your, I imagine your university degree, which would have perhaps been three years. And then you went back down to the Shalhaven. Was there any, was there any thought of staying around at either Wollongong United or another Illawarra club? Yeah. So I um, finished my bachelor of nursing and um, started full-time work at Wollongong emergency department and uh, as a registered nurse there. And, it was just impossible to get the shifts that would uh, would line up to allow me to continue playing football at that level. Mm. Um, so it wasn't fair on the club if I said, yeah, I could make it maybe one training session a week and then I'll play the games and, or I could may miss a game one weekend. So it wasn't fair on the club. So I, I left and um, come back down here and uh, well, I had a year off actually playing football. And then I okay. uh, come back down here and uh, actually played on the field for a couple of years, <laughs> um, which was interesting. So it was, it was definitely good to get back into football after having that year off because, um, yeah, I was going crazy. <laughs> but then you've, like, you've trans, you've, you're a goalkeeper. You've gone down to a, in all due respect, a lower level in the Shellhaven, playing as an outfielder. But then a phone call came or something must have happened and you link up with South Coast Flame in 2018 who were, of course, newly established in the New South Wales State League. How did that play out? How did that that link up occur? Um, it was, yeah, um, Darren Jones uh, contacted me, actually. Um, I'd played with Jonesy before. I uh, was good mates with Jonesy, um, you know, and he messaged me and just said that there was an opportunity coming up. Um, would I be interested? And to be perfectly honest with you, I thought playing at that standard for me, I thought those days were gone. Um, and then when Jonesy messaged me, I thought, uh, I thought oh, yep, I'll, uh, I'll have one more crack at this. And, um, yes, went along and had a trial. And um, Paul Robarb was the coach then. And he uh, was interested and told me to come back and, yeah, I signed from there and played with them since. Indeed. And to let people behind the curtain a bit, I was the doing media work for the club for their inaugural season. So I was able to see that entire season f- f- uh, from the club. And it was a pretty tricky season with a number of downs, but still plenty of ups. And of course, you were the inaugural captain. What were some of your highlights from that year? Uh, definitely getting the captaincy um, was a highlight for me. It was, it was a massive honour to be the, the first captain of the South Coast Flame. And um, just playing that standard again, it was, um, it, it was nice. Like it, it, it's good playing down here in the Shawhaven League, but to get back to that standard and playing quality football, and um, it, it makes you feel good about yourself. Um, and I guess being the captain and one of the senior players there, um, just watching all the young blokes come through, um, you know, this, we've got some young players at this at our club and, uh, you know, they're unbelievable players. They've got a, a big future ahead of them if they stick to the game. You know, we've got some great players coming up through the, the 20s and the 18s and even the youth system. It's just, it's really nice watching them guys come through. Give me some games from that inaugural season, Whitey. I've got a couple in the uh, 
in the back of my head, but do you have one that sticks out? Um, oh, you're going to have to refresh my memory here. Well, the first, <laughs> the first one was a bizarre occasion. Oh, yes. The first one, first ever game for Flame was, uh, you know, I, I, I still get nervous even though I've played the game for, you know, over 20 something years now and I still get nervous and that game, I, <laughs> I was really nervous and, um, we ended up coming away with a 5-0 win. And um, I got man of the match, which you wouldn't <laughs> believe a goalkeeper would get man of the match in a 5-0 win. But, you know, I, it was one of the busiest games I've had for the Flame, to be honest. It was, and uh, after, that, yeah. after that game, I thought, you know, we're, we're in for a good year here. Or, <laughs> uh, yeah. But, um, you know, it was a bit of a mixed year. But, um, yeah. Yeah. No, that was hilarious. I think you would have had to pull off. You pulled off at least at least five, probably closer to ten, like really clutch saves. And Bobby Mazevsky and I were were um, you know, the votes came in for the player of the match afterwards. And with Bobby goes to me, we can't give a goalkeeper men of the match after a five-nil win. Oh, it was it was funny. And the other game that probably sticks out in my memory would have been that the game against Prospect United in the, the away game. Yeah. Which was, uh, yeah. we, we, I say we, as I was helping out with the club that year, um, you know, it was, it was Dan Lucas and Jared Pollard were playing centre-back and had a few players out and we managed to get the side up. Well, I didn't have anything to do with getting the side over the line in that particular game, but uh, you, were, no, no, you, you had something to do with it. <laughs> I was standing there behind your goal, yelling out. So, no, that was uh, like like you said, tricky season. But there were still a few uh, highlights within that. And then it went on to 2019, which was a rough start, change of coach, but a great finish, which led the side to going within a game of the grand final. What what did you make of that? Uh, yeah, it was a yeah, <laughs> oh, roller coaster. That's definitely a word to describe that season. Um, you know, we went through so many changes that year. Uh, started off, you know, with Paul as coach and uh, he left on to do some other things and um, we got Neil come in and, um, you know, what the first game we played, we got done 10-0. Um, and then the season sort of, you know, I've never been so close to, to quitting football when we lost 10-0 that game. Mm. And um, yeah, we we went on, had a few more losses, and the back half of that season, something just clicked for us. And um, you know, we we're playing unbelievable football, and you know, we we're the team to look out for. And um, we managed, you know, one game off the grand final that year, and um, it was a really positive year for the Flame. And that led to 2012, which saw. George Kultzer take over as coach. It was a it hasn't been a obviously, as I've said in every single podcast up until this point, no idea what's going to happen with this season, but it wasn't a ideal start. But how was the side looking this year? Yeah, so it was good to get George come in this year. Um, you know, Neil did a fantastic job last year and um, you know, unfortunately for him, he's uh, got other commitments and he's he's gone to do that. But George has come in and um, I've been lucky enough to be coached by George before, um, back when I was playing at Southern Branch uh, when I was 16. And uh, George has got, you know, 
a massive amount of knowledge on the game. He's played at the highest level. You know, he's played for Australia and whatnot. Um, and to have someone with his amount of knowledge come in and coach us, it's a, it's a massive benefit for us. And, um, you know, the team's looking good before all this, obviously, COVID-19 stuff started. Obviously, two tough losses at the start of the season. But, um, you know, there's definitely positives there. And I can see us, um, it, hopefully, if the season goes back and if there's still a promotion sort of system that goes on, I can definitely see us pushing for that promotion spot. Um, so as long as this season goes back to as planned, um, I'm definitely confident in the in the club and where we're at at the moment. It would have been a bit strange going to this season as well with the restructuring of this MPL system. Now that Sailor's gone to MPL 4, half the teams are different, so you weren't quite sure what to expect either. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, they've, they've added the the youth, um, well, the under-23s, um, Newcastle Jets team to our, our league. And, you know, we have no idea what they're going to be like. Um, there's other teams that have dropped down from MPL 3 last year to us. So there's teams that we've, we've never come across. And um, it's going to be interesting. I, it's uh, whatever whatever path you know this season takes. It's going to be interesting, and I'm just looking forward to getting back in the pitch. Really, you've also been involved in the national indigenous championships. How did you? Obviously, you're an indigenous Australian, but how did you get involved with that? Uh, you know, growing up down on the south coast as a um, young bloke, I've always been involved in. Um, my culture and yeah, as you said, I'm, I'm an Aboriginal man. And, um, one of the, one of the coaches down here, um, Bernie McLeod, uh, he got in contact with me and asked me to come and play for his side, um, in the national championships down here at South Nara. Yeah. And, uh, I went and played for, for him the first year and, um, I've played, I think I've played three years in his side now. And from there, I I was fortunate enough to get picked for the Australian Indigenous team. Um, the first year I played, uh, we stayed here in Australia and uh, were lucky enough to play in Wollongong. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was good. And then last year, we uh, went over to New Zealand mm. um, and played the, the Maoris over there. Uh, we had a one-all draw with them in the main game. We also played a couple of other games over there. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, out of all my footballing career, uh, to represent my people um, and my family at a national level, that's my biggest highlight um, in my career so far. And I think it will, I guess, forever be my biggest highlight in my career. And I imagine it'd be something that you'd probably, you and perhaps even your family get quite emotional about as well. Like the fact that it's it's an opportunity that uh, like the role that the Indigenous people have played in football has probably been underplayed a lot. And now it's starting to get a bit more recognition and that's starting to be highlighted as well. And to be involved with that must be a really powerful thing. Yeah, it's, it, it is emotional. Um, 
you know, obviously I'm not, we're, we're all aware of the, of the history, um, you know, with my people and whatnot. But, um, you know, Jade North, he's been a massive drive in this and he's, um, he actually played in the team that I played in um, yeah. down at South Nara here. And just to have him around, someone of his calibre was was just amazing. You know, he's represented our people uh, at a national level. He's he plays played overseas and um, whatnot. He's such a great footballer and uh, even better person off the pitch. Um, to have him around was great. Um, and down here locally, Bernie McLeod um, and uh, his his team behind the national side. Um, you know they work tirelessly to to push and promote uh, Indigenous players, and uh, we've shown that there's some some really good talent out there. And um, I actually played with three of the boys from the Newcastle Jets team that'll be in our comp this year. So um, there's some fantastic Indigenous players out there, and it's just it's good to see them um, finally getting that opportunity to show what they've got. No doubt, and hopefully it's a structure that goes from strength to strength over the years to come because I believe they were also linked for, to the Kanetha World Cup as well that uh, would have been an, a tremendous thing if COVID uh, didn't occur, but no doubt down the line that's something that will probably be explored. But we're going to move into your five-a-side team made up of players that you have played with. We'll probably start with a goalkeeper, but since you're a goalkeeper, you might uh, be a bit stuck there. But you have played outfield, so you might have had a you might have someone else you want to chuck in in the nets. Yeah, um, I guess probably the um, I'd probably have to go with Daniel Schwartz. I, I played with him uh, at Wollongong United for a bit. Um, you know, I learnt so many things from him. Um, and obviously his brother and his brother obviously being one of my sort of uh i guess idols idols growing up yeah. um it was it was yeah, it was fantastic playing with with Daniel over there at Wollongong United how about defenders for this side Whitey? um with defender i'm going to have to go with a player that i played with at Wollongong United again um and it's going to be Brendan Riley Mm. Uh, you know, definitely one of the, the toughest blokes I've ever played with. And when he was in front of you in your defence line, you knew you're probably as a goalkeeper going to have a quiet game. He was definitely a fierce competitor and a key part of that Wollongong United side that actually won the first grade title in 2015. So yeah, a massive shout there. And do you have any other defenders, or you're moving into midfield? No, I'm going to go into the midfield. All right, first cab off the rank. Um, first midfielder I'm going to go with is uh, my good mate Jonesy, uh, Darren yep. Jones. Um, obviously, um, in his prime, an absolute fantastic midfielder. Um, you know, and um, best left footer, I think I'm, I'm going to have to say, yeah, best best left footer I've ever played with. So that. Uh, that left peg on him as I've seen score quite a few uh, nice goals. He definitely has a sweet left peg and I believe he's turning out for the Oak Flats Falcons this season. At least he was there throughout the pre-season. Do you have another midfielder or are you moving him up front? 
Yeah, another midfielder. Um, this bloke I've known uh, since I started playing football when I was, you know, or even before then, back when I was, you know, a real young bloke. But um, he's played at high level, and uh, that's Brendan Fordham. I've had the honour of uh, representing the uh, Australian Indigenous team with him, and um, yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to put Breno in there. He's one of the the hardest blokes I've ever seen him seen play in the midfield. So yeah, Brendan Fordham. Yeah, he's in the ultimate competitor in the LR Premier League. Just fights for absolutely everything, and he's been a terrific captain for like Olympic over the last few years, and he was a massive pickup for the Albion Park White Eagles, and that leaves a spot up front. Yeah, I can't go past uh, the little Irishman, Robbie Shields. Uh, played with him at Wollongong United. And, yeah. um, you know, the way he could get him behind a defensive line, there's, I haven't seen a, another striker like that uh, for a while. So my striker is Robbie Shields. No, that's a fantastic shout. We actually... Uh, had Sam Nastic mention Robbie Shields in his five-side team a couple of weeks ago, and I imagine he would have uh, made for some pretty tough training sessions at Macedonia Park. Yeah, there's a few times there where, you know, you'd be training and Robbie's coming at you and you just you just know you've got no chance. If uh, Robbie's in the mood, which uh, most times when there's a football at his foot, he's in the mood to score, so you don't have much chance of saving his shots. Yeah, that's what he loves doing. But that wraps up your five-a-side team. And with that, that wraps up the podcast. So thanks for coming on, Matt. Yeah, no worries at all, mate. Thanks for having me. Sensational. Thanks for tuning in to Away From The Pitch. And be sure to check back in on Friday for episode 12.